0: Welcome to Beyond the Field Podcast, your weekly dose of finance, property and epic people doing epic things, powered
1: by the team at Money Empire. Get informed and entertained with the coolest cats in the business. Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Field. My name is Goran Lonka. I've got my trusty sidekick here, Sanj Silver. We've got a very special guest today, Hamish Patterson from Property Empire, uh, Extraordinaire, um, property manager, and I'm sure you've been called worse. How are you, Hamish?
2: Yeah, very well, thank you. How cool. Thanks for having me along.
1: No problem, mate. It's a pleasure. We got you in uh, to the podcast today to talk about a couple of things, um, but mostly in terms of uh, rentals and, and renters and, and what people need to know. Firstly, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, remind the listeners what you do for, yes, for a living for sure. and what so, your specialty
2: is? So Property Empire is a property management company that I'm a director of and property manager. So uh, we're busy managing uh, properties all around Auckland at the moment, so... Uh, we're right up to date with what's happening in the market and you know the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah, fantastic. Mate, um, to kick things off, let's start with Healthy Homes.
1: And without going into extra, extra, too much detail, tell no. us a little bit about Healthy Homes and what this means for renters and, and, and investors or landlords.
2: Yeah, so Healthy Homes has been around for a little while now, um, sort of came about in July 2019 and it's based around just trying to get warmer drier homes for renters Um, i think the quality of rental stock was quite bad there for a while so needed to take an initiative to Mm -hmm. yeah really improve the quality Um, and so we're in the process now of um, landlords being required to make these improvements um, through various different parts of the property that's legislation, isn't it? That's that's yep. like you have to do yeah, that, yeah. So that's in the Residential Tenancies Act okay.
1: 1986. Is that <laughs> just to be <laughs> no, <laughs> good, mate, That's good, people wouldn't want to hear that stuff. Uh, so, something. what are we talking like? Uh, obviously, um, insulation, heat pumps, stuff yes. like that, just yeah, to make sure that
2: m- moisture and ingress and um. Then you've also got drafts, so any little gaps in and around windows. Um, wow, that's specific. Yeah, that's specific. <laughs> Shit. Okay. And then So whose uh,
0: who's responsibility is it the responsibility of you as the property manager to make sure that the properties are in tip-top condition, or is it the...
2: Yeah, landmark? so, well, it, I mean, it's a combination. So we, we're going through the process at the moment of making sure that um, our portfolio is all either up-to-date or... the process of getting up to date and that can be quite a rigorous process because um, it's not officially um, required to be up to date yet so the dates are from the 1st of July this year any new tenancy needed to be healthy homes compliant within 90 days Mm -hmm. Um, and then from mid next year all the community housing providers are required to have their uh, properties up to healthy homes then the following year first of july 2024 every rental property needs to be um, compliant so we're sort of in that period now where any new tenants that come on board we need to try and make sure that that property is either healthy homes compliant or getting to a um, plan in place to get it to healthy homes compliant within ninety days. What sort of penalties do people face if they're um, not compliant with this? Is it yes, quite? I think yeah, it's upwards of thousands of dollars. If yep. um, yeah, I've heard the figure of about seven thousand two hundred. Okay. Um, wow. But you know, it's a, it's a bit of a grey area at the moment, and yeah, so we'll see more and more cases come come forward as tenants are becoming more savvy. Um, yep. They know what the house needs to be like and if it's not then there's potential that they might make a claim back at tenancy tribunal and push it. Tell me, um, Pato, There's there'll be lots of listeners
1: who do rent. If if mm. if they're if the place that they're living in is not compliant, or they mm. do feel draft, like the draft that you can hear behind me because of <laughs> high winds, what should they do? Should they
2: contact the property manager or landlord to get the, them up to scratch? Yeah, I think that's um, that's the best way. Communication's the key. So, talking to your property manager, uh, making them aware that you know these issues are in place, and and then putting a a, a A process in place to to get it rectified Um, the problem at the moment is that a lot of landlords are are getting pretty stretched interest rates are rising Um, cash flow cash flows hard Um, so yeah probably the sooner the better (laughs) for a lot of them because we you know we see interest rates continuing to be a problem for a while so you want to get these these big costs um, whether it be you know a heat heat pump or Even the insulation, so back in 2019, insulation, there was a new standard that came out where you needed to have um, the property insulated, and then now with the Healthy Homes that standard's actually risen to uh, the building code level, so it actually requires, on some cases, people that think their rental property is insulated, it needs to um, have another layer of insulation in order to be compliant under the Healthy Homes. Because those things move all the time, mate, even mm. when you get a building report or RV or whatever,
1: yeah. and people go have a look at the cavity, some mm-hmm. of those things move left, right and centre, so it could be a small case of that. Sanjay, were you going to say Yeah, that?
0: look, um, what about the existing um, investors who's got a tenancy te- tenant already? Mm. Um, is it better for them to get in touch with their property manager like yourself, mm. or how does that work? What's, what's their responsibility?
2: Yeah, well, their responsibility if they've got an existing tenant is that they... If that tenant stays there through the next two years, then the cutoff date will be the first of July twenty twenty four, while that when they'll need to be compliant. If they were for whatever reason to lose that tenant, then they've got ninety days. So that's why we're sort of trying to be proactive in getting all the homes up to scratch. Um, you know, that way you can do it in a stage process so you don't get hit with three or four big ticket items all yeah. within a short period of time, which can really hurt yes um yeah hurt, hurt the landlord uh but yeah just needs needs to get under
1: control yeah for the landlords out there there are some banks who do offer special deals for um things like what you just mentioned to yep. get the property up yep. to ho- a healthy home standard such as you know lower rates some of them are even off- offering interest free for x amount of five or ten grand. Yep. so that's good mm. to know lydia yep grants as well yes thank you producer Belly was just chiming in here yep okay um mm. so for anyone out there that's interested on this feel free to reach out or just google um something around healthy home standards
2: and to how to get your property up to that uh scratch yeah. um, and the property managers are a good place to start because they've often got the contacts within contractors um, their, and, yeah yeah so they know what the right price is and often they do deals um within the companies so mm. um often that'll be better deals than what you might be able to find um for yourself out on yeah. the internet yeah mm. um is it safe to say that all
1: new builds are all he- home sorry healthy homes compliant
2: no, um, no? like oh. that is a question that we often get and sure, i
1: didn't even know that i thought that no. was a
2: rhetorical question yeah no so, so new it,
1: builds don't have all insulation and heat pumps and all well they
2: do they meet they meet it in most standards but for example heating um yeah. you don't you're not required to have a heater and then in the new build in order to get your code of compliance right Whereas um, yep, that's true yep. if um so you might have had a small uh, panel heater that doesn't quite meet the heating capacity so you need to actually be able to get the room up to 18 degrees that mm-hmm. the fixed heater so we've had a few cases where new build they're expecting uh, they're surprised that they need to even get the report done which we always push for because it's an external um group that does it Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they often, well, not often, but every now and then, they might not have had the upgrade of the the heat pump or whatnot. So there'll be little things that you can do to just get it up to com- compliance. Cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Hey, tell me, um, rent increases mm. is that that's been legislated as well, right? It has been. That so. has been
2: legislated as well. Yeah. So you can only um, increase the rent once once per year. Cal- calendar year, that is. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: right is there a, a percentage increase at all or is it just how,
1: no. how, how does it work and do yeah. you have to have validity or like a reason for that amount yeah. that like if you're if you're increasing a, you know a, a rents per week for, for, for a tenant mm. and it's over something that they feel that is not valid how yeah, do you justify we'll that?
2: that well I mean the easiest way is to to have a look and use comparable rents. That's what we try and do if um, if we're gonna increase rents and have a look, look what's round, also take into consideration where they're currently at and, and then try and, be unre- try and not be unreasonable because the key relationship is to keep um, a good relationship with your tenant um, and then they're gonna look after your property and um, you can't be just expecting to be able to write, raise the rent By <laughs> as, as much as you want yeah. um, but there is talk that this could be legislated moving forward it is in other countries so we will, we'll watch mm. the space
1: interesting <laughs> um just switching up a little bit could you tell us a little bit what if people are looking to buy a home as as, as a as a um, investor to mm. rent out what sort of things do they need to look out for um, or, or
2: should or should know about before committing to such a purchase, from, from a yeah. landlord's perspective. Yeah, from a landlord's perspective. Um, the most important thing that I always say to people is that, can you afford it? And you don't want unnecessary stress, so start by worst case scenario and look at trying to purchase a property that's got good cash flow. Where a lot of people got caught out in the last 12 months is these low interest rates and suddenly saw the development market go crazy because you could make properties stack that were three bedrooms on 800 square metre sites set 1.2, 1.3 mil. Now that doesn't stack because your cash flow from the property is just not meeting mm-hmm. um, what you need from the serviceability with the bank. So that's probably the first thing to consider. Um, try and try and get a property that's got a, got good cash flow. And then secondly, in the current climate, you would consider whether you want to go new build or existing due to the tax benefits and whether or not you back um, a change of government or not. Um, Fair that point. Should Fair have point. A, that has a pretty <laughs> yeah, significant yeah, yeah. impact. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Interesting. Um, but locations probably always a big one to come back to, schools, uh, yeah, rent. Amenities close yeah. to public transport. And then also if you're, you're getting a rental property then sometimes it's quite good to actually buy in renting areas so um, the likes of Manurewa or South Auckland can be quite uh, popular when you do have vacancy because it is a renters market, it's sort of socially acceptable and- People um, tend to rent. Yeah, and they, they enjoy doing that. They, yeah. l- they enjoy living in bigger households, so um, tend to, to be able to rent them quite quickly and compared to some of the more affluent suburbs that um, maybe people that want to live in those suburbs might be more likely to purchase mm-hmm. themselves um and then also making to make that particular property stack the rent needs to be quite high and then would that be more based around a family or or would it be more likely that you end up with a flatting situation where you've got multiple working professionals um, Mm -hmm. within the within the house which is what we tend to tend to find when we do put the rents up quite high in some of the more central suburbs
0: so is it, uh, for an investor, is it more preferable to have a n- the number of bedrooms in a house, two mm. bedroom, three bedroom, four, be- four bedroom, that kind of stuff, does that mm. make a difference?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think it definitely does. Um, and I think that's a very good opportunity for people in that are looking to buy rental property. If you can create extra value that would increase the cash flow, then that's going to be good. Um, we have situations where there might be a two-bedroom that's quite easily can be configured into a three-bedroom, and that will make um, a bit of difference. And there's other options like you could include a cabin on the on the site, which might cost you fifteen grand, but it might get you an extra hundred bucks a week. So you yield that off, and even if you can afford the outlay at the start, having that extra hundred dollars might make it more feasible to actually have a yeah. rent property at all. Yeah, fair enough. If
1: we switch it up and then what, what should people look out for in a home before they rent it? Like as, Before as they period. rent it, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I think all the little things. Uh, what you realise often when you get a new tenant is um, as a property manager is all the little things that are wrong with the property. Um, so do people actually take
1: photos of, of the property? Yeah, before yeah so
2: we do an a, a ingoing inspection where we go around and have a good look. At the property and, and show the condition, um, and that's for for both the tenants. So when they leave, they can get their bond back if there was a hole or, or whatever. But it also gives you an indication of how the landlord looks after their property and whether they are onto the maintenance, um, and whether you know they're likely to be you know quite re, you know reactive uh, or. Proactive rather than reactive um, with their maintenance. Um, But yeah, one other thing I like to do is turn the shower on because you spend a lot of time in the shower and the water water pressure and the number of people that they, they they get in and they are so frustrated that.
1: There's, um, no pressure, so there's no pressure in <laughs> the water it's a little trickle yeah oh, yeah, man, shouldn't but laugh, true, but okay. yeah no it is
2: and it yeah and it's one of those things that's quite difficult to um, expect uh, a landlord to go and change the low pressure hot water cylinder to uh, mm. high, right. pressure. high pressure yeah <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. In, in your experience what's mm. your sort of common Complaints, if you can call it from a from. The you'll have a
2: few, mate. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you have some, some really good ones. Oh, yeah. com, name complains. them too. Name the tenants. <laughs> tenants' name and the complaint. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean most of the most of the tenants that we have are, are fairly reasonable and their expectations. They just, you know, if it's fair wear and tear, then it's the re- landlord's responsibility to get it sorted. So it might be broken windows, broken window latches, or. Um, yeah, what is yeah, what do you do with broken uh, window
1: uh, latches? If it's one broken out of the two, do they have to replace it or leave it as? Well,
2: it? if they request it to be done, then yeah, okay, we we kind of need to get it sorted or talk to the landlord and see whether if they live locally, they can um, go do that for themselves. But yeah, those sort of niggly wear and tear issues, clothesline
1: um, issues, anything. Yeah, like? yeah,
2: they're, they're yeah expectations quite high to keep the property in, um, in good order, especially yeah. if they're paying decent rent. I
1: remember uh, renting in Panmure about seven years ago and the hot water <laughs> cylinder burst. Uh, and water went everywhere. Now, I didn't know, I was none the wiser back then. It wasn't five years, it's probably about seven or eight years ago. And our landlord, um, you know, did the usual, um, you know, then replaced not the hot water cylinder got got it repaired
0: and then,
1: and then we had to live for about five days with these massive commercial um, fans to yeah. drive the house it was an absolute nightmare mm-hmm. uh, but I had to deal with the landlord direct there was no property manager or anything like that mm-hmm. but yeah. I just remember saying I thought to myself is this right like
2: should we be living <laughs> somewhere else or
1: it was just a freak accident
2: uh, what do you yeah. do in situations like that obviously well it's just you have to work together that's it's no different to in an owner occupier house yeah. i think you need to have that yeah. attitude and things do happen as long as they're addressed quickly and that's where having a property manager that's onto it can sort of help keep that relationship um solid yeah.
0: fair yeah. enough that's actually a good segue into my next question um what is the advantage for investor to have someone like
2: you <laughs> looking after it. That's this is your sales pitch. Oh, the sales pitch. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there's multiple reasons to have a property manager. I think um, the fact that we're on the ground and and we understand that both the market, um, the rules. Um, there's a lot of compliance now that mm. you just don't really want to be responsible for. Plus, just having some having a middleman um, with a tenant, r- relationships can get quite close. When and I've been in the situation myself where you know um, it's hard to draw a line between your relationship um, as the landlord compared to um, you know you become almost like a friend or you want to do them favors but Mm. at the end of the day it's it's a business and you want to keep that divide Um, you want to treat them fairly and um, a property manager can can control that while also documenting everything, keeping it clean for your accountant, Um, its tax deductible, the fee, they're more likely to get good tenants because we credit check them. Um, We are aware of the red flags to look out for. So um, it's an insurance policy effectively, and you'd have to be pretty onto it to back yourself to get out of some of the situations that we find ourselves in, even as as professionals. Um,
1: I've read Again, on, on chat groups and various on various platforms, people that are looking to rent and are dealing with a property manager have sometimes been asked to supply bank statements. Mm. Is that
2: legit? Like, um, how does that work? Well, Isn't a, that a bit invasive? Yeah, it is quite invasive. But the New Privacy Act is covering off a, a bit of that. But there is... Um, and
1: are they looking just for income, seeing seeing income? It yeah, come it's in? mainly
2: just a proof of income. So okay. I, I mean, bank statements is we wouldn't normally ask for bank statements, but if they chose to provide them, then that's different. Do people but, provide
1: them? Do you ask for? Um,
2: them? Do you we post- don't ask. We, as part of the, our process, we have um, a proof of income. So often that's just to show that you are working, that you are you do have to... That you do what meet, you say you do. Yeah, and the means to be able to afford it. Um, but I see it moving forward that it's going. This, this space is going to be harder and harder to get the information that's, I guess, required to... Um, you've got to remember, this is an, an asset for somebody that, um, you know, if the rent stops getting paid, then, you know, they could be in, in dire straits, yep. really. Yep. So, yeah, it's a fine line between keeping the privacy while also making sure that you do enough to mitigate the risk of um, getting a bad tenant. Hey, um, tell me,
0: is it landlord insurance or it's a renter's insurance? Yeah,
2: landlord extension on top of the house, yeah. yeah.
0: Is that something that you um, sorry, encourage your investors to?
2: Yeah, I sort of um, encourage them to look at it for them yeah. for themselves in their own situation. It's not something I, um, I push too hard but yeah. Um, yeah certainly talking to insurance advisors might be helpful especially if you know if there's not a lot of fat in the, in the rent you might want to be certain that you're going to get it yeah, um, yeah it's, so. a, it's a really sort of
1: some insurance companies as soon as, as, soon as you ring your house insurance company some of them automatically tag that on and you you you're made to pay the extra premium but what it does cover is obviously malicious damage done to the property by the tenants yeah. but it's per event and excess is payable per event right That's so right. If, if if it's if it's like a six yeah. or seven cuz if you put in a claim and again this is just my opinion <laughs> if you put in a claim you'll you'll get assigned a, like a loss adjuster and he will go out and investigate and ask questions and if it's deemed that You know, these holes and these walls were occurred over a period of time. Mm. You're going to be made to pay five lots of excess fees, and also yeah, so malicious damage that's covered under that, and also rent runners. So if people uh, evacuate without telling you, but again, um it's not always Mm. the the be all end
2: all with these Mm. things, and they don't always pay out the way that people think they do. That's I've had that. personal experience. Yeah. I think the best way to um, stay on top of the property is if you do have a property manager that's both of watching the money come into the trust account, so there's triggers within the system to know that if there's missed rent, they're onto it, um, those kind of things where you're doing it on the daily, that's what's, those are going to be the red flags that are going to help you see whether they've gapped it. and. And if they have, then you know it's knowing the process around trying to, um, you know, get the property to position back or um, the portion of the bond that's required for the loss of rent. So those are probably the more effective ways. But um, hey, every everyone's different in terms of what they're comfortable with. Mm.
1: What are you seeing out there, Hamish, in terms mm. of uh, suburbs and what they're renting for? Are, are you struggling to, to rent out some properties? Oh, we, is it qu- going quite quickly? Have rents increased? I mean, yeah, it's, it's it all mean, depends on the characteristics It, it's, of it is. it's It is.
2: It's, it's a hit or miss. Um, as I always say, um, if you get the price right, then uh, you tend to have a good amount of inquiry because in any one area there tends to be people that are looking to rent. Um, but some areas are a lot better than others, and if you get a property that's that's attractive and, and price priced right, then you can be inundated with inquiry, which is what we we do like. But at the same time, we want to get we want to get as you know the price fairly at market. oh mm-hmm. um, yeah, some some areas have been a little bit more difficult. Um, so I'm conscious of the new build s- space, so even more important to get the price right there because the you know it's supply and demand there's might be three or four other ones coming on at exactly the same time so in order to get that best tenant you'd you'd be better to forego 10 bucks a week that's exactly what Mm. i was coming to next Mm. when when a when a tenant or
1: proposed tenant, i know we're weary of time (laughs) Um, (laughs) when a proposed tenant and you know as a property manager that that this person would be the ideal tenant like this yeah. is this this is great like yeah. you you'd fit them in straight away. Yeah. But are they can they negotiate with you on the price that you want or not and then do you yeah. then go back to the I mean how hard is it for you to deal with the landlord saying shit I've I've got the perfect tenant but yeah. they're offering you know 15 bucks under what you want.
2: Well it's it's happened and um, normally I would have thought that you know you you have applications at at the level that you're asking and um, but if it sits stagnant for a little while um, maybe you've priced it a little bit too high or you know what we found through the winter months was um, you know it's a bit quieter um, during this year so yeah in that situation and they do come forward and try and negotiate the rent then yeah for sure you you sort of take with its merit you try and have the conversation with them and and if you can't Get them to where you think the market rent is. You still take that to the to the landlord and um, and then see whether that's something that they want to move forward with. Because at the end of the day, as a property manager, you're the middleman. Um, you're not fully making the decisions unless That's what they want. Obviously, okay, some clients do want a complete hands-off approach, but um, we try and keep keep them in the loop. Um, let them know the pros and the cons and and. End up giving them the decision that they make the decision. Bloody good.
0: How yeah. hey, about quickly? Um, how can our listeners get in touch with you? And also, I know you're you're based in Auckland, yep. but do you service the rest of the country? How does that work? And uh, also,
1: what sort of fee structure do you work on in terms of what you
2: charge? We want to tell the whole market there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: go. On, um, go no, we are we're, we're Auckland wide at the moment. So um, our team's growing. Um, we've got a, a new uh property manager on board, Alden, so a shout out to Alden, if, you're listening. <laughs> if you want to get in touch, then Alden at propertyempire.co.nz. <laughs> um, no, we're at info at propertyempire.co.nz, and um, yeah, we're, we're looking to take on more business, so um, if you do have a rental property, even with an existing manager, we've got very competitive fees, and we provide... Um, know top-notch service and a part of a group that um, you know there could be other benefits within uh, the empire group fantastic awesome hamish thanks a lot for joining us today thanks for
1: having me along cheers thanks for listening to beyond the field
0: if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with your mates or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest you can follow us on instagram at beyond the field podcast or send us an email at info at the Thanks again, and we'll see you
2: all next time.